The Boost Podcast serves an energetic community of business leaders, entrepreneurs, and individuals who are growth-minded. If you, your business, or organization would like to share your service, product, or expertise with the Boost Podcast community, contact Kelly Leonard. Email kelly.leonard at taylor-leonard.com. Again, that's kelly.leonard at taylor-leonard.com. Welcome to the Boost Podcast with Kelly Leonard. The podcast providing you with immediate access to tools, tips, and tactics to boost your business and career success. Build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. It's the Boost Podcast. And now, here's Kelly Leonard. Hello and welcome back to the Boost Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Leonard. Today, I'm chatting with mother-daughter duo, Dr. Anne Dranisaris and Heather Dranisaris-Hilliard. They are experts in human development and behavioral change, leadership and organizational transformation, interpersonal dynamics, and the achievement of potential. The parts of Boost we touch on are optimized relationships and secure thought leadership space. Well, Dr. Ann and Heather, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Boost podcast. Thank you so much, Kelly. We're excited to be here. Yes, yes. And it's not every day that I have the pleasure of connecting with a mother-daughter duo. And so I'm excited for this conversation. And so for folks who are tuning in and hearing your names for the first time, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves? And so Dr. Ann, why don't you kick us off? So Heather and I, um, we have a very unique story behind the fact that we have a boutique consulting firm that focuses on dismantling dysfunction in organizations by assessing where they are, how the leaders lead the business, and what systems they have in place to support them, and then helping them do a renovation on their business. And we've been working together for, we're coming close to 25 years now that we've been partners, um, starting our business um, when we were on different sides of the country, actually, with myself coming more from the psychological background, working more with individuals and then individuals in organizations. And Heather, I'll pass it over to you to talk about yours, but Heather working from from more of a consulting organizational development practice. And interestingly, within that blend of these two sort of unique perspectives, we do the organizational work, but we also do really deep dive work into helping individuals to really achieve their potential, helping organizations to achieve their potential, uh, uh, the big framework behind a lot of the work we do is uh, a neuropsychological um, approach to understanding personality, what drives people's behavior. So why do they behave the way they do? And it's part of the work that Anne and I have done together is created these essentially user manuals for people. So people can understand exactly kind of why they're behaving the way they are, what their potential is, how to really self-actualize and achieve their true potential through a, a clear developmental path based on how their brain is organized. Wow, that's a mouthful. And so, you know, (laughs) and it's interesting when I heard the dismantling dysfunction, that in and of itself, I'm sure keeps you all extremely, extremely busy because um, especially now, I feel like COVID has just exacerbated. It's actually, it's revealed a lot of cracks and foundations 
um, both in systems and structures, as well as as us as individuals, if as people. And so I would be really curious to know sort of what are some of the trends perhaps that you're seeing when you talk about dysfunction in organizations or in individuals through a COVID lens, kind of what how that's been showing up in the work that you all have been doing? Well, the interesting thing about it is, as we've gone through the process of COVID, and of course, it's been different for us up in Canada, as it has in, in the U.S. with us having more mandates and compliance around that, but but it's the uncertainty, and that's what causes the cracks is that leaders and employees become very uncertain and as we identify with um with with all of the work that we do with leaders you can either approach things from that self-actualizing you know this is what we've got let's deal with it perspective or people go self-protective and shut down and we see a lot more permissiveness with leaders that disempowering themselves thinking that they have no they no longer have any authority to make decisions or you know expect employees to show up to meetings on time or even show up on a video conference you, you know and and turn your video on <laughs> even these really simple things because that's how they're reacting to the uncertainty of the time oh my goodness and when you said the video piece that Folks who know me in the office, that's an area that I need development and probably a lot of prayer around because I give folks a hard time for not turning on their cameras like something as simple as that. And, And while I do understand and I respect the fact that, you know, we're navigating a time and space where oftentimes there's the juxtaposition of are we working from home or are we living at work? And so because of that, you know, it's like people, there's this an an additional level of anxiety and or um, just behavior that shows up in the workplace that typically wouldn't normally show up. And so, you know, I liken it to when someone doesn't have their camera on in in real life, that feels like you've turned your back to me. Like, How do I know that I really have your attention? And so to me, it's almost like a act of disrespect, if you will. And so I'm sorry. I know I've derailed. I've taken us on a tangent that we weren't supposed to go. (laughs) But I I think it ties in really nicely to, you know, one of the part of your question was sort of what are some of the things that have been uncovered as a result of what we've navigated the last couple of years? And one of the things that definitely is is clearly emerging is the fact that leaders have been leading off of the side of their desk for so long. And and because of COVID and the impact of COVID and what's going on in, in employees as well as in the leaders is they can't do that in today's climate. They, they can't decreate the psychological safety that and security that employees require in order to be productive. Uh, they can't not spend the time planning and defining and setting expectations in the way that they've gotten used to and gotten away with in the past. And so, so if you think about it from the example of not turning on your camera is the leaders are because they're afraid and because they don't have the time to stop and think about what does my team need right now from me? And what do I need to tell them? And how do I need to boundary this and set this up so that everybody can be effective. They're just allowing people to behave however they want, kind of handing over the keys to the candy store to the employees or to the kids, so to speak. Right. So it's, it's that 
lack of ability and time and space for them to really spend time thinking about leading. And and of course they haven't been developed to lead and that's a whole other tangent we can go off on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm going to redirect us a little bit because I know an area of expertise that you all really have great depth of knowledge is around sort of this whole notion of thought leadership and then coupling that with the imposter syndrome. And so I would love to just sort of um, for our listeners to really have you all share more about what's what do you find gets in the way of people establishing themselves as thought leaders? Um, and what have, you, what have you seen? Like, are there themes that you're seeing that just these trends of where folks, things are getting in the way of that happening? Yeah, the belief that human beings um, arrive at a certain age or they have a certain job and so they're fully formed and fully competent and and their image of themselves as competent. Um, the, these are some of the things that mostly get in the way of of real development in human beings. And so, so we go in and, and look at things from that developmental perspective, not what's wrong or or you know who's to, who's to blame for whatever's going on, but where are people stuck? And and usually they're stuck because of their own mindset of what they can and can't do. For example, whose responsibility it is to actually do something about it, and because they're so entrenched in their comfort zone that they say they want to change and then you give them a pathway to change and they dig in and they stay in that same place because change creates uncertainty. Mm. And and so they, they're not looking at, hey, I've got competing agendas here. On the one hand, I want to stay safe and I want to feel competent. But on the other hand, if I want to grow and develop as a human being, if I want to grow my business, I have to step out of my comfort zone. Otherwise, I can't change. And we see that more and more where leaders will get to a certain place and they'll say they want to be innovative and they expect everyone to be innovative. And then they won't let anyone bring ideas up that will create any significant change in the organization. The other thing that I'd add to that is, is that we get to this place and where people think, you know, that last piece of them that maybe they need to develop, they need to grow into is, is something that is, it feels so much more personal. And, and the idea of doing it with somebody also mm-hmm. adds to their fear. And, and so, but that is the thing that they need most. And, and one of the things we always talk to our clients about is that as human beings, we grow in relation to others. So in those places where we are really stuck or we're now Navigating a developmental gap that was created in our childhood and our upbringing, and we're really having to, to reset some of those underlying beliefs and hardwired patterns, is trying to do it on our own in isolation just leaves us stuck, right? It, it's like we can't lead ourselves out of it because if we could have, we would have done it already. And, and so a lot of the times when we talk to folks with the imposter syndrome is that unwillingness or this belief that they can't invest in themselves or they can't spend money to get the help that they need or, you know, that somehow this is going to, you know, surface something that they want to keep secret. But again, all of those things, all of those stories they tell themselves keeps them from actually moving towards their potential. And so let's dial back a bit, though, because I know a lot of times we hear terminology like the imposter syndrome. Can one of you share with us sort of what the definition of the imposter syndrome is what I believe it is, and and 
it's very different than what you can read out there about it. It is a developmental delay where we've internalized messages from our childhood or we've internalized the experience of not having our parents be enough. And we continue to judge ourselves with those internalized parents going on in our heads. We, we keep judging ourselves as never measuring up to an idea of what we should be like. And, and so everything is compared and contrasted against either an expectation of how we should be behaving or performing, never measuring up to it, or comparing and believing that other people are better, um, more advanced. And so there's that underlying competing all of the time and never quite feeling that one is on solid ground because we're, what we're looking for is that approval that we never got. But, you know, we're never going to get approval in our adult life that we needed as a child. And once we get that, we need to detach from the needs for, for for that approval so that we can just get on in our lives and, and be and actually assess ourselves against an objective criteria, not the not enough criteria, um, and get real about our gifts and take ownership for them and take them out in the world proudly. <laughs> Which, you know, so many, that that's that flip side of the imposter syndrome where people will lead with, oh, I, I don't feel like I'm good enough. And, you know, I did a terrible job. And then other people will jump in and say, oh, no, no, you did a great job. and But if nobody says anything about how well they did, they're furious <laughs> because actually they know they did a great job. So they're always looking for validation and approval. So developmentally, there's a lot of things that people have to give up, like giving up that attachment, giving up the need for approval, and taking that scary step and individuating and taking responsibility for one's development. That's interesting. It's interesting how you mentioned the internalized parent. And I know in real life, you all, it's a, a parent-child relationship, even in the work that you all do together. So Heather, I'd be interested to know sort of from your perspective, um, you know, you know, from your perspective, what differences and or what would you like to lift up from what Dr. Ann has shared in terms of what imposter syndrome is and how it shows up? I think I'll, I'll speak to the, the Anne touched on it a little bit, the, the whole notion of, of really moving into a place of acceptance around our gifts. And, and I think that that's one of the things that, you know, in the work that we've done and in, in, in the, the development of our system, the striving styles personality system, it was probably for me as someone who struggled with the imposter syndrome, um, is, it, you know, having something really tangible in front of you that, that recognizes it, states it so that you can actually start to embrace it. And we see so many of our clients that are continuously sort of saying, well, there's always someone who knows better, who's more of an expert, who's more capable at this than we are. And, 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 and so because you can't actually embrace embrace it and say, you know, this is my unique ability. This truly is my unique ability. And, and how do I want to take that out into the world? And what's my authentic voice that I want to express out there? And, and I think that's one of the challenges when you're struggling with the imposter syndrome, and as Anne said, that sort of 
that's seeking approval and validation externally or from, from your parents, the, um, it, it's like, you can't ever fill that, right? You can't ever get that until you actually come at it from your own perspective and start to acknowledge it and start to own it and, and start to seek out the evidence that supports it as opposed to the evidence that contradicts it. So that again, supports that not enough messaging. And so these are the things. And, you, you know, Anne and I, of course, as a, a mother daughter duo, our, our story is, is that Anne had actually given me up for adoption when I was born. So I, she, she and I reunited when I was 27. Um, wow. And we, so we always have a, we have great conversations about nature versus nurture, right? Because I grew up in my adoptive family and then I met Anne as an adult um, and we forged our business relationship three years into still working on this kind of new relationship in this mother dynamic. Are we, are we not? Are we friends? Are we, but, but we had this inherent bond that because we were both doing work in similar areas, we were both interested in really similar things as Anne had said, coming about it in really different ways. And, and so we've used a lot of our work to support our own growth and development as human beings to help us navigate. Because every time it's like, well, I'm stuck here personally. What, what's the solution to it? Um, and then, you know, that allows us to take those solutions out to our clients as well. Wow. Well, that is a beautiful story. And so were each of you already practicing or working in this work before you even reconnected? Yeah. Oh my goodness. That yes. is so yes. powerful. Yes, absolutely. Wow. That is extraordinary. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm like totally like, like mind I'm, my mind is blown over that. That is just, that's beautiful. That is absolutely extraordinary. And so I know you were starting to allude um, Heather to sort of these actions that you would recommend that people take who are struggling with the imposter syndrome, but can you all um, provide, because one of the things that we always love to leave our listeners with are those practical, actionable strategies that they can do immediately in order to address some of the challenges that they're having in their life or their business. And so I would love it if you all could just share, share with some specificity, what are those actions that folks might be able to take immediately to address a struggle that they might be having with imposter syndrome? The, the the first thing that that people have to do is get out of the mindset of of fixing. You, you see, is seeing themselves as broken. Mm. Uh, this is a developmental delay. Many many people with the imposter syndrome are very successful in their lives, but their internal their inner life feels bereft of something and they keep themselves isolated. Most people with the imposter syndrome have this secret life, you see, and, and one thing to start bearing that we are vulnerable in relationships is sharing one thing, one personal thing about yourself every day and allowing yourself to have an experience of feeling, um, feeling a little bit vulnerable that, you know, letting go of the notion of um, of perfection. You see that I have to be perfect in order to be loved. The reality of it, we are changing the neural pathways in our brain to release ourselves from the imposter syndrome. And this is not something that's done easily or overnight because we and we actually have to change the way we nurture ourselves. Most people with the imposter syndrome, what we have found is 
they are so much better at nurturing others Mm. because they can do for others what was not done for themselves. Their internal mother is non-nurturing. You see? And and so it has to, we have to change the relationship with ourselves as we go through the process of letting go of, you know, these ideas that have kept us small and safe. Mm, Thank you for that. Heather, anything you'd like to add? For sure. Uh, Along those lines is um, one of the things that we always have our clients work on around this is their self-talk to Anne's point about nurturing. So one of the activities we actually have them do is to start to pay attention and write down the stories they tell themselves. Some of those, you know, underlying beliefs like, you know, know your place and, you you know, who do you think you are? And, you know, all the, all those language tracks that Anne said that we experience in our childhood or or how we interpreted our childhood experience that we turned into survival strategies that we keep bringing up again and again and again. And that's that kind of hardwiring in the neural pathways. And, And what we get them to do is not try and control these thoughts being triggered because of course our brain loves negative thoughts. And so Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to keep bringing them over, but to redirect. So we're replacing those automatic negative thoughts with positive, helpful thoughts and, or we're bringing in more objectivity in, you know, so when I say, Oh, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm no good at this. I can't get anything done. It's like, well, is that a fact? Can I, can I do none of this? Is there something I can start? So we're starting to shift that from that negative self-talk into where can we take action? Where can we more, be more objective or how can we redirect that conversation that's going in our head? And that's part of the, the rewiring of those neural pathways that we need to take care of. Awesome. Thank you for that. And I know we've come to the end of our time together. And certainly I'm guessing there's probably folks who are tuning in who are like, oh my goodness, I need to just tap into their brilliance. What is the best way for folks to reconnect with you all and to just um, access some of the resources and just some of the work that you all do? Yeah, our uh, website, dranitsaris-hilliard, which hopefully will go in the show notes so they can follow the spelling, uh, has all of our resources there kind of in one place, talk about our work that we do with organizations, but also with individuals, uh, and includes information about our book, Power Past the Imposter Syndrome. Um, And we have a ton of resources on our YouTube channel, again, around the imposter syndrome and and to for your listeners to get access to some more of those exercises and activities that we typically recommend to our clients. But we will absolutely include all of that information in the show notes. Dr. Ann, Heather, thank you so much for your time today and just for the extraordinary work that you both do. Thank you for having us, Kelly. It's been a real pleasure. Uh, Thanks, Kelly. It was a really enjoyable conversation. Thank you. The Boost Podcast is sponsored in part by Reveal Wealth. Let the professionals at Reveal Wealth assist you on your financial journey. From individual financial planning family financial planning, business planning, insurance planning, and more, Reveal Wealth's holistic approach gives you the freedom to take control of your financial security. No matter your age or stage in life, the professionals at Reveal Wealth are ready to assist. Contact them now for a free initial consultation. Go to WeRevealWealth.com. That's WeRevealWealth.com. Or call 410 410- Nine two eight eight zero eight one. Take control of your financial security by allowing Reveal Wealth to serve you. WeRevealWealth.com. That's WeRevealWealth.com or call 410 928 
888-888-8081 and tell them you heard about them on the Boost Podcast. Well, that concludes this episode of the Boost Podcast. Thank you again for listening in. If you don't mind, if you could like, subscribe, or share the podcast with a friend, I would greatly appreciate it. For more information on anything Boost related, you can visit our website at www.kellytleonard.com. 